Hey everybody, it's Sean and Dave here with Saturday Morning Cartoons. We have our final, our very final ever advertisement that we have ever. Forever, <laughs> forever for the and month beyond. of January. And, and we have to talk to you about this because look, your time is important. Your time is important to you. Your time is important to, it's important to us. And we need to let you know how valuable it is. And so you can't be bothered if you're going out into the forest and you're waiting for hours and hours and hours out there, Look, you're preaching for to the choir, stuff. man. I'm super tired of just like you gotta, you gotta get in the car, you gotta drive out there during the holidays. Sometimes it's really busy. People just love going to the forest on the holidays. I don't know what it is, but it's just like they leave it to the last second and they all run out to the forest. And I personally, I get tired of it. So I'm hoping that you've got something here for me that's gonna help expedite my forest trips. <laughs> oh, of course we do. We have stumps.com. Oh, stumps.com. Stumps. I've heard of this. Yes. Stumps.com provides high quality stumps that you can print at home. Hmm. So no more going to the forest, no more waiting, no more busy lines during the holidays. In fact, if you need, you can have a stump delivered to you tomorrow. That's amazing. But like sometimes I go out and I want like a fresh loblolly pine stump or I want that like rare you know, like a redwood or something, because they just have that aroma, that like freshly cut and dug stump that you just can't get in the supermarket. Can I get that same accent from stumps.com? You absolutely can. Oh, in man. fact, we are giving away for free one of those stumps when you go to stumps.com slash SMC and enter in the code wood. And what does that get me then? That sounds amazing. Gets you absolutely nothing. Guys, these commercials are totally fictitious. They're the worst. <laughs> we, we hate to. I don't think them. there's actually a stumps.com. I hope there's not a stumps.com. There's probably a stumps.com. I really hope it's Guys, not like a weird fetish site for amputees. Oh, Jesus. Guys, we are, of course, trying to let you know that we have launched a Patreon account this month. Because we're looking forward to the support that you guys have and the love that you have for this show. Uh, and we're hoping to keep this as ad-free as possible. Um, maybe you just really want us to make fun of these, uh... these... These terrible, terrible advertisements that usually have no personality or care to them whatsoever. But luckily, because we have launched our Patreon at patreon.com backslash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. We actually do already have some supporters out there who would like to see this show grow become better and better and don't want to hear any more ads from stumps.com so we've got a few people to thank out there already at the beginning of the show first of all from our centurions group we want to thank Derek haynes thank you so much for your support we saw your message on facebook as well we really just want to reach out to you and say thank you so much for your support we really do appreciate it uh we also have jason woods jason woods to thank friend of the show yes so he's a member of the XS squad so... by the way yeah that's right can't leave that so... out we just, uh, we just want to let you guys know that we, uh, we really appreciate everything, and thank you so much. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Check it out there. We have a bunch of really fun rewards that we have that are coming up. So thank you guys for supporting the show. And now, on with the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Planet Urk, I'll be your invader, Dave Trumbor. 
Joining me as always, my faithful standard issue information retrieval unit, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, <laughs> sir? Ah, oh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good here. We're at the end of our Nicktoons, New Year's Nicktoons month. Uh, third year in a row for New Year's Nicktoons. We're coming up on one that I have surprisingly never watched. I've heard good things about it. And I actually, I really enjoyed watching uh, a couple of episodes tonight. I threw a bonus one in for me because I needed to know what the hell was going on in the show. Yeah, I threw it back and I watched the, uh, not the pilot, but the first episode. Just to get oh, an introduction so, to what was going on. I, I'm blown away that you never watched this show. Yeah. But I'm also glad that we were able to, to have this. Ex- I, I'm so excited to hear what your experience and your journey was with this show. Because, I mean, I, I definitely, I knew that it existed. Yep. I watched it a bunch. And then I watched as, for some reason, they had a lot of merchandise that was at Hot Topics all the time for some <laughs> reason. And uh, was, was kind of blown away at sort of the, the popularity of this show because I, I want to say this, when I watched it, when it was on television, uh, it seemed to be kind of irregularly on. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of always felt like I watched the same episodes over and over again, which was like a weird Ren and Stimpy effect, yeah. uh, especially in those early years for, uh, for Nicktoons. And then uh, all of a sudden, then the show was canceled and people were just like, what? Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. And I think that's, so the, kinda... that's the reason why I missed it. Because like you said, I was kind of aware of it, but I think it was only after the fact. Because when, I, when this was on air, I don't think I ever saw an episode. Um, and then it only lasted, ah. well, we'll get into the history in a second here, but it did not last very long. So I think it was just that yeah. window. I just happened to miss it. Yeah. Very bizarre. But let's get into this let's history a little bit. So. Invader Zim is an American animated television series created by Jonan Vasquez for Nickelodeon. It ran for two seasons and 28 episodes, including the pilot. The show first ran on Nick from 2001 to 2002 with a handful of second season episodes going unaired. These episodes were later seen on Nicktoons Network. Invader Zim was met with critical acclaim, winning an Annie Award an Emmy Award, and a World Animation Celebration Award, which doesn't seem like it would be a real award. That seems like a fictitious... It seems like it's made up. It seems like it's something we made up, but it's not, as far as I know. Uh, It had nominations for six Annie Awards and a Golden Reel Award. Due to its cancellation and subsequent popularity, it is now considered a cult classic. I just want to throw this out there. If the Wackas are real awards, I can't wait to win a Wacka. (laughs) Someday, kids. We're going to win a Wacka. Got to win a whack, oh, guys. On my list. I'm aiming for it. I want there to be like something like, you know, if you win like an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, the EGOT. Mm-hmm. I want there to be like an EGOT version, but for cartoons. So like you can still win an Emmy. You can change the O to an eh, you can win Oscars for animated stuff. Sure. We'll throw an A in there and a wacka. So whatever that spells at home, I don't know. I haven't been keeping track. <laughs> you just let us know. <laughs> Tweet us that acronym. <laughs> A Wagat? A Wagat? Yeah. Yeah. So, nailed it. Tamagotchi. It makes Tam- sense. Tamagotchi. It. You won the Tamagotchi. Hey, do you want to know what Invader Zim's actually about? Yeah, let's get into okay, this. Okay, cool. Well, apparently, the series centers on an extraterrestrial named Zim from the planet Urk, and his mission is to conquer Earth and enslave the human race along with his malfunctioning robot servant, Gurr. He is antagonized by Dib, a young paranormal investigator who is determined to stop Zim. I, I honestly, I had no clue what the show was actually about when I first started watching it. <laughs> like, I heard Invader Zim. I thought it was some kind of weird, like, space invader thing, which it kind of was. 
but I didn't know really what the premise was. So when I heard this premise, I was like, that's actually really smart. And I bet they can have a lot of fun with it. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, it's so nice. No, I, I, <laughs> I feel like this show, for all intents and purposes, was sort of in that early 2000s uh, mind frame of just like constant pacing. It, like this show feels it it feels deliberate, which I think it, it was the intent uh, from the onset of the show. Yeah. But like the pacing of this show, it feels so. It's hard to say that it feels frantic and that it also feels spastic at the same time. Yeah. But focused, I, I see that. It's like a. I see that. It's like a. It's like a. Like somebody who is just like. I don't know. It was con- like it was confusing to watch it now. Especially because of like my somebody who had ADD like around this time. Like it seems like a show made by people with it and for people who had it. Who had yeah. it? Yeah. Which I don't. No. This is where I started to kind of separate from those cartoons because I was not of that mindset. I think this is one of my brother's favorites. I'll have to touch touch base with him, but I think this was one of his favorites, which would explain a lot. But I I just never. Starting with this and then even going through like a lot of the more recent cartoons that just have this like super fast paced manic energy. Things don't really have to connect. They just go from one thing to the next. I, I don't know. I just that that's never kind of been my my thing. Um, this one was OK, though. I, I could appreciate that. It didn't yeah. everything didn't land for me. We'll talk about it in a second. But sure. Yeah, because, I can see where that comes from. Yeah, because sometimes we watch cartoons like Bots Masters, yes. which is just nonstop in your face the entire time yeah, that was 20 years and before it, and, or 10 years and the, and the pacing is all over the place right. and it feels sort of like you're having a fever dream at moments and it doesn't really seem to have any any focus in terms of where it's going the nice thing about it, invader zim was that it felt like it had that focus like there was a, an extra layer of refinement that was on top of this show where they were like this is going to be crazy but it's going to be crazy for a reason and it's going to make sense Right. Even if they end, like, and, there was one thing where they kind of ended it, and it was just kind of like, ah, but yeah, it's I know. fine. Like, contained I think I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know exactly the moment that you're talking yep. about, because I was like, what? And we will talk about that when we talk about tonight's episode, but before we get there, what are your thoughts on this theme song? Okay, so, theme song, I actually really enjoyed, yeah. <laughs> um, because it's one of those great exercises in just visual storytelling. Yeah. Uh, there, were, there were no lyrics, there were no words. Um, that are included in here, uh, but yet you got a sense of who the people were from color, uh, attitude through their body language, right. which seems like it would be something where you'd be like, oh, I don't know that they're going to get these subtleties with this. But I mean, I knew who I didn't know Dib's name from the the theme song, and I couldn't remember it. And I kind of went into this with a fresh set of eyes of like not having watched it oh, okay. in X number of years to try to make that separation. Um, and get reintroduced to the show. I knew there was Zim, I knew there was Gurr, and that was it. That's more than so, I knew. So, right. That's, which and is so why the, I went back and watched the, the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, but some of these other characters, you know, you, you're very quickly introduced to them. And so just by, just through simple things like, uh, you know, somebody's arms folded so that you could kind of tell that they were going to be the, the antagonist of the series, or them kind of have like a menacing downward brow. Oh, yeah, always. You know, you could tell you're just like, oh, okay, like this person is is a little bit of a weirdo. But everybody on this show is a weirdo. weirdo. You Literally know, and then page you, to page is a weirdo. Yeah, 
But then you, you get stuff like you, you get kind of like the tone and the attitude that you're going to get from the entire show because you have this moment where it's just Gurr running and he's just flailing all of his arms and then he smashes into a window with his tongue out and you're just like, okay, this, this it feels like a show that just doesn't take itself too seriously no, in terms all. of what's about to happen. Yeah. And you're like, I get that. Now, it does a great job in terms of what this storytelling is from the point that you understand that there's an invasion to the point that you have these people who are sending this, uh, this Zim um, down to Earth and they seem a little bit skeptical. Again, furrowed brows, like very minor details that you're just, you watch it once or twice and you're like, yeah, this, yeah, you pick it up is, very cl- yeah. this is very clearly communicated without any trouble whatsoever. That yeah. um, they're a little bit skeptical about sending him he seems to be kind of very gung-ho, and then every the supporting cast of characters around him seem to have their own deal going on as well. Yeah, I really like the music of this because I kind of described it in my notes here as a fun alien invasion march. So it was kind of like a march, <laughs> like, a, like a John Philip Sousa march, but like if there was an, a John Philip Sousa alien. So he had like weird Ooh. alien instruments, and he had a weird sense of like tone, and he really liked electronica. So it was kind of just like an elect- <laughs> electronified. That's not a word but an electronic yeah, sounding one. march, which was kind of cool. Okay. And it was short enough and quick enough. And it gave you a good introduction with the visuals of like what kind of show you were in for. And it also reminded you of the story, which was important because this particular episode just kind of jumps right into stuff. Right. The, I don't know what the pilot uh, determined and laid out, but the first episode that I watched takes you from uh, a gathering of all the, do you remember the first episode at all? No. Okay. So they, it starts off just real briefly. It starts with a gathering of these aliens, these Urkians, I guess, uh, at a planet called like Conventia. So it's a convention planet. <laughs> so they've got like all these like. Sorry, I can't. I can't hear somebody say the word "gathering of" and not insert the word "juggalo." To gather, it was juggalos and Urkians. They're in. They work in concert <laughs> with each other. Oh damn it! Yep. The great Malenko leads them all. Oh god! They drink a lot of Fago. Jesus, they got that in. So they're they're all together. Man, if there's an ICP cartoon out there, I need to know about it now. Guys, better be tweeting me right now. No, if there is one, I need to know about it now. I got really nervous. There was. I get really excited (laughs) that that there was. (laughs) We might make it. Who knows? All right. Oh god. So anyway, so they all gathered this convention where their leaders, who are basically determined by whoever's tallest, so they're just the tallest. That's what they're called. They determine who is going to invade where, and they base your class and your level of competency on how tall you are. So if you've grown a little taller since the last time, they'll send you to a good planet, like a planet that has the best couches in the universe. If you're not so tall, they will send you to a planet of hostile, lethal rat people. Uh, The planet Blorch, I believe, was the name of that one. (laughs) Which, when they showed it on the screen, it was just a bunch of like feral rats huddled around this small invader who's like crouched in a in a death a death position uh really dark stuff um so essentially zim is late to the party he butts his way in he was not invited and they're just like all right just to get rid of you we're gonna send you to this random place and then he eventually that's how he gets gur because gur is a not not functioning the way he's supposed to robot he's not a great assistant uh we'll talk about him in a second but that's how he he's basically made from parts in the trash so the tallest make him from parts in the trash, and they give it to Zim, and then they are off on their adventure to Earth. Aww, so I'm glad I watched that episode. Fun. I'm glad I watched that episode. Okay. That was good. Hmm. Yeah. But what we watched tonight was actually the eighth 
episode in the first season and it's a uh, it's it's got two segments to it the first segment is called invasion of the idiot dog brain and the second segment is called bad bad rubber piggy so that's a little weird these were the highest rated episodes uh on imdb i think they were actually tied with another one from this season it was uh episode uh-huh. four from the first season a two-part gem, uh, germs and dark harvest so these two could kind of go either way but this is the one we went with tonight I don't know, IMDb. You might have to go home because you may have had one too many drinks. I think so. Maybe. Did you not have a good time with this one? No, I did. I did. I just, you know, it's, it's again, it's like a lot of these have a very specific, uh, I feel like what saved every single one of these episodes was sort of the, the callbacks or like the, the end of the episode okay. because it, it, it very quickly accelerates, goes to crazy town at an alarming rate, and then you're just kind of like, whoa, pulling those reins. And like, you, you got so much to work with. And then in some of these episodes, they kind of recapped on things or they, they brought, they did some good callbacks. And so I was like, okay, that seemed rewarding. That seemed like they closed it out. Yeah, it does seem and like on some of these, though, that they move so fast that they, they don't like exhaust their plot. So like right. they set up something cool, but then they don't really do anything with it because they're already rushing off to the next thing. And sometimes right. that's frustrating because you're like, I want, I want to just like stay here for a second and explore that or at least finish that because my OCD is going insane. Oh, but no, okay, we're already across town and on to the next thing. I guess that's fine. I don't even know if it's OCD. I just think it's my like idea as like as a as a storyteller, as somebody who's like a who who understands a story. I'm just like, I just want to know about that. Like that's the thing that's is very interesting to yeah. me. Don't give me that nugget and then pull that nugget away. I want to. I want to learn more. Like I'm legitimately interested in sort of what's happened. Well, speaking of, let's get into this. So what we don't. I don't really have a whole lot of backstory on what's been going on for the other seven episodes in this thing. But when we are introduced to the beginning of this one, it's basically Zim talking to the tallest, talking to his leaders, and kind of giving them the state of the union. He's basically like, <laughs> uh, everything's fine. It was fixed last time, and the fortress wasn't quite as impenetrable as I thought. But I'm gonna fix it up. And then they're basically just like. Who is that behind you? Because he's supposed to have this. It's, it's a house. It looks right. like a house on the outside, but it's actually his ship. And when it landed, it kind of planted itself in the ground, sprouted out a whole bunch of multiple conduits and pods that are buried deep underground. They also have these weird like tentacle things that are embedded in their neighbor's houses. It's sort of like in the, the Matrix, the, the robots yeah. that have the, 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 the tentacles that come out. Yeah. Like These things just kind of just root themselves everywhere. Oof! I root is a is a generous word. These things Burrow. just yeah take Latch. advantage of that greenery. Yeah, and sometimes Ooh. the face, sometimes right in your face, like the human just... neighbor's face. But anyway, so his house is not really a house. It's kind of this highly advanced computerized spaceship made to look like a home, but it actually has a subterranean layer that has all like the different control rooms and all his laboratory space and all of that. But it's supposed to be isolated and kept. You keep humans out. So we see like just this like a little toddler just like wandering around the background and they're like, uh, who's that? And then he just wanders off with his mom. What did what did he say? Do you remember what he said to her? It just like caught me off guard. Because he had like oh, an it was adult like mommy, voice. I it was it was it was something he was like, Mommy, I don't want to be here. And it was like, I thought it was something like, Mommy, I have missed you. And then they just like walked off screen. <laughs> but it was just like a very adult voice. And it's stuff like that where maybe we've seen those people before, but we damn sure don't see them again in this episode. They showed up and then they walked out. So I don't know if they were there from the episode previously or not. But all this is to say that Zim is working on tightening up security 
in his house. And in order to do that, he needs to replace the AI brain. Now, yeah, he's got a defective artificial intelligence brain apparently. that he has a spare of. Yeah, who doesn't? Lo and behold, who doesn't? Who doesn't? So, I think this is a good place to talk about Gur. Yeah, let's well, get you, into Gur. You tell me about Gur. What do you remember about uh, Gur? Gur is a is a little silver robot. Yeah. He's a cutie. Um, he's a little cute silver robot. Very high pitched, kind of uh, shrill mechanical voice. Very childish. Yes. In his nature, because he's kind of a dumb dumb. Uh, and yeah, and his desires. Let's say he's very childish yes. in his desires, and so. You know, he really kind of like latches onto something and then it's just that thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And there's there's no there's no pulling him back from that brink once he gets there, or at least it doesn't seem like there's any foreseeable or uh, measure that can be taken initially to kind of get him there. It seems like there's a lot of uh, twisting of arms. It seems like there's a lot of conning. Almost. Basically, so to, to give you an idea of where Gerd came from, when the tallest made him, they literally just kind of threw junk from the trash into his brain case and then closed his head up, and those were technically, like, his brains. So he just lit- no. got literal junk for brains. Um, <laughs> and then to Sean's point, where he does latch onto an idea, he does not let it go until, A, he's either exhausted with it and satisfied that he's run it, it's run its course, or he's given the thing that he wants. So, again, in that first episode, he sings what he calls the Doom song which is just saying yeah. the word doom over and over again for literally six months. They do these cool cuts where it's like six months later and he's still doing the same thing. So right. Gur is well known for going long tracks of time doing these, these very repetitive tasks or latching onto one specific idea. Now, so that Zim, Zim on this planet is mistaken for being presumably a young boy. Yeah, he transforms himself. Happens, yeah. yeah, that just, you know, happens to have greenish skin. Yeah, it's a skin um, now, in, in this instance, Gur is able to mask himself by wearing a green dog costume it, that kind of has the, the sort zipper. of the zipper on the yeah. top of the head yeah. that just, I mean, it's comical and it's funny. And, and the, the dog suit that he wears is just as derpy and, and as foolish as you would want from, uh, from a childish robot that has, you know, that latches onto that one desire or want at a time. Right. like. It's just it's it's a great way to kind of understand like, oh, this is like if this was a dog, this would be like that dog that would be just be like a hit internet sensation for just basically like being sticking its tongue out all the time yeah. and just being a dope. Being a but dope. But now let me dog. ask you this. You're an alien, your your plan is to invade the earth. The only assistant you have in the world is this derpy dog, and you need him to help fix this brain. So what what menial task are you going to assign this, this derpy robot? Uh, he's only supposed to just watch because there's a, there's a beam of energy. Yeah, I think it's like data. That's, it like yeah, monitors it's a, data, a data stream. Yeah. It's a data stream. And so uh, it's very interesting to see Zim kind of try to get, you know, he's like, hey, I'm going to replace the brain. I just need you to monitor and observe, observe exactly what's happening with this data stream and let me know if anything goes wrong. And it's literally just him standing there watching the thing and he's incapable of doing that task. The only way he the uh, only way Zim gets him to watch it is by convincing him that it's a taco stream. Which I thought was a fun way for him to have like weird empathy with right. him. Like kind of try to craft it in a way that's like, oh, this is relatable to you because he's been walking around saying the word taco yeah. since the beginning of this episode <laughs> nonstop. Because yeah, that's all he wants. So he's like, all right, look, it's a taco stream. 
if you watch it, you let me know if it changes, and then we'll go get tacos. Right. So, I mean, Gur is like, so, yeah, that sounds great. So, inevitably, what happens, mm-hmm. Gur drops a toy behind where the beam is as Zim is placing this uh, defect or replacing this defective artificial intelligence right. brain. Uh, Gur falls into the stream and becomes the AI of the yeah. house. He has now transferred his consciousness into the AI of the house. So, now this derpy. <laughs> robot who really doesn't harm too much in, in the daily practices is now in charge of this highly capable spaceship house thing so think you know pick your favorite sci-fi computer that goes crazy you know whether it's from 2001 space odyssey or whether it's from eureka or, or whatever you want pick a house pick an ai that goes bad and you've essentially got that but like with the mind of a child so it's almost like if <laughs> stephen king even... wrote like a sci-fi about a computer that went mad and he may have but uh it's kind of right like it's it's uh it's it's crazy to the point that even when zim asks like are you the house computer now which gur's response is i guess so yeah he doesn't you're know like, what gur really doesn't I mean, know you what's see going him... on like he, he's he's playing yeah. with they're in the lab space and he's got like his pinchers and he's kind of poking and prodding at zim and you can see you could you could almost see that like childlike glee in his eyes if he had any where like you know poking at an ant or like pulling wings off of a fly like a really kind of weird power trip for him at this moment and he knows that right. he's in full control of everything that goes on so for the rest of this episode you were just following the whims of Gur. if they would have called it the whims of Gur, i would have been pleased with that title as well <laughs> because now like like if zoom wants to go anywhere right if he wants to go upstairs to fix the brain or go to the storage room to get another one he needs the computer to get him where he's going on his elevator and who's in charge of the computer? Right. Gur. So what do we have happening? So this, yeah. this, this sort of brings me to the point where it introduces uh, what I didn't realize was my fear of home automation yeah, tools. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> because, because Gur, in this, with these newfound powers, is taking advantage of this with sort of all of the things that I guess maybe Zim had prevented him from playing with sure. or, or touching or, or having any access to. So it's, it's blenders, it's appliances, it's, it's televisions, all of these things. And, you know, to the point where he's asking him to do things and he, where Zim is making commands yeah. and Gur is saying to him, do a little dance. And he's yeah. like, what? Zim's like, I just want to go upstairs. And yeah, Gur's doing the elevator music. He's like, you're going to have to dance if you want this elevator you're to gonna go have to anywhere. <laughs> so just like weird kind of power trip stuff like that. My favorite thing was probably him playing with the appliances. But then playing old cartoons, like a half dozen different old cartoons. Inundated with them. Like just, just, just covered. And then Zim at this point was just like, okay, he'll grow tired of it. And they have one of these cuts where it just says one year later. And it cuts to Zim and he's still <laughs> doing the same thing. The appliances are still going. The cartoons are still playing. And he's like, all right, like, what do you want to do? And this is where they jump to the next thing in the storyline, <sighs> which you don't see coming. They, it's just they... a crazy skip. You you have this you have this commercial yeah. of a guy dressed as a taco called Crazy Taco, yeah. and he's trying to tell you how crazy these tacos are. Guys, I'm gonna say Crazy Taco about a dozen to three dozen more times in this yeah. sentence. Um, this this Crazy Taco guy is so insane that he's just punching him. He's just punching himself, Punch himself in the ground. In the face. Yeah. He's, he's like, eat our, eat our tacos. You won't believe how crazy they are. 
They're real crazy. I'm just like, what yeah. is going on? Eat our tacos, I or I can't tacos. stop punching myself in the face. Basically. Oh my god. But I love Sound I love Gurr's reaction to this. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, when your when your business plan is essentially a threat, yeah. <laughs> like you you have to wonder like who who let this person you franchise hold your customers this? hostage? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It worked for Gurr. Oh god. Because what does he say? Do you remember his line? Uh, about him wanting to go on the taco. Well, he run? basically says, "Must obey the taco man," and that's when oh, he goes into God. his crazy transformation. <laughs> now we've said that this house, this spaceship house, has the ability to transform into things. The thing that it transforms into is not exactly what I expected. No, it turned into this giant dog. Kinda. Sort of. We we've mentioned these like giant tentacles. Um, you know, so like it sprouts sort of a a body that has these tentacles that run through it. And so like the main parts that like the body and the feet, you know, kind of look like spaceship material, but then the head of it is the house itself. And so is the, the tail end of it is just the other face of the house. So it's like kind of a hollow space in between. It's just like house face in the front house face in the back. It's a really weird looking thing, but it's essentially (laughs) just like a giant building sized dog that is now traipsing through the city to go after crazy tacos. And Zim is trapped inside of it and he can't do anything. And I guess, and I don't think this is a catchphrase that he delivers, but just the the line that he has here of just sweet jumping chili. Oh no, he just he just repeated the same thing Crazy Taco Man said, because he said it like (laughs) thirty seconds earlier. So he just repeated it. Sweet jumping chili beans. Must obey the Taco Man. All right, so now they're they've trampled most of the city. Uh, There's this cool kind of aside where there's just like a guy, kind of like a suave yuppie looking guy who's just in a phone booth which don't exist anymore. Uh, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> There's like a car behind him in the street, right? And he's just, he's talking on the phone. He's just like, yeah, I got it. It's, it's here right now. Oh man, it's so sweet. I love it. I'm just going to drive in it all night. And then when I'm done, I'm just going to drive some more. So you know what's coming. You know that at some right. point when he's done with his little dialogue, that's just going to get smashed, which is exactly what happens. He doesn't miss a beat. He punches in a couple more numbers. And he's like, hello, 911. I'd like to report a walking house that just destroyed my car. To which then these cops just go, can a, can a mobile, mobile home yeah. rampage? Uh, and the guy just goes, yeah, it must be a new one. That, and you're that like, second uh, cop looks so cracked out on coffee or something. <laughs> he just he had like no eyelids and was just like, his teeth were grinding together. There was just some really weird designs of these characters in here, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Like, a weird, like if you had animated, if you made an animated fire marshal bill yes. with like Jim Carrey, like it was creepy. It was real creepy. Like it just, Thankfully he was only there for like two seconds. M- major underbite no eyelids it just looked like everything was burnt yeah. but like not to a two-faced level just like you dial it back like a, a spawn bit. kind of yeah way. yeah oh well, spawn out them and all right let's talk crazy taco because that's obviously where girl was headed so what is going yeah. on before they even get there what is going on in this place there they were oh so in the, crazy taco. inside the crazy Have you ever taco worked fast food no i never worked i fast haven't food. either but i feel like it's exactly like this where people just kind of don't really care yeah. like so they're they're yeah. eating they're eating the the food and the products and so you get this shot of a guy standing over a, a like a deep fryer. like a broiler like an entire you know all this oil and he just picks like he scoops a, a taco that, out. he's got his hand down in the deep fryer he's got Does up he? to, yeah he's got it. i watched it twice oh. up to his like mid forearm he's just got his whole hand in a deep fryer holding something and he just i'm just like what is he doing right now and he just, just pulls out like a, what does a, he pull out like a garbled mess of fried yeah. taco yeah. 
and then just throws it into his mouth and his cheeks just like start like burning basically we think about the fact that we're just like you know what if like if i get a pizza and my fat mouth can't wait like if i make an oven pizza and i can't wait for my body to like to eat every single bite of it nobody wants to wait until it cools down it goes right from the oven into your face i will burn all the parts of my mouth and so everything else that I eat for the rest of the next 24 hours is just going to feel like trash. The best is when you um, muscle it past your mouth and tongue and cheeks and everything that is telling you not to continue eating this thing and get it to the point where it's just like a hot glob of cheese that just burns its way down uh, your throat. That's when you know you've mastered your body and you are the commander. <laughs> you have willed that cheese just down your throat Listen, once, to a point where you can't burn anything no, else there. Once you've got third-degree burns on the entirety of your digestive system, you are in control. Mm. Just remember that, kid. Guys, you are ready to go at that point. I've, I've actually had to now set a two-minute timer when a pizza comes out of the just oven. To or like when I, just, to, just to be like, you know what? It's done. So anytime they're just like, oh, this pizza's going to take 18 minutes, I'm like, it's going to take 20 because I'm a bag of crap. God. I hate third-degree burns on my esophagus. <laughs> so Crazy Taco Guy does not care about that. He still plunges his hand back into the deep fryer. Zero fucks. Zero fucks are given. So there are some other folks there, uh, and we, we learn that Gurr eventually goes through the drive-thru. Now, there, there was a funny kind of little joke where he's like the guy, you know, teenager, pimple-faced teenagers working the, the drive-thru service, and he's like, all right, so I got a large fry and a gur turn this house around right now. We have to go home. So he's like, right. he's mimicking everything he's hearing over the conversation. It was kind of a cute thing. And then something weird happened. Did you catch these menu items? Is it, the, is it the soda? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was weird. So he asked him if he wanted, if he, so asked him if he wanted a, a poop. He asked him what kind of soda he had. He was like, well, we've got classic poop, grape poop, orange poop, diet poop. And yeah. Gary's like, I'll have a large classic poop. He's like, all right, one well, poop coming yeah. up. Like, what? I don't understand. What? I don't understand. Like, in all the, in all the mania yeah. that is this episode, because yeah. this, this, is, this is all escalating and going alarmingly yeah. quick. Like, your brain is just like, I'm trying to keep up with this. This is insane. Yeah. But it's also kind of a fun insanity. And meanwhile, and as all this sudden, is all going on, the cops are trying, like, speeding around town. There's more and more of them every minute. Just crashing, crashing into cars. Each other, crashing into gas trucks. Gas tankers yeah. blowing stuff up, crashing into the buildings, crashing into each other. Yeah. So like all this, all this, this rampage is happening outside, and this show pauses to make a poop joke. Yeah. <laughs> Not even like a thinly veiled no, poop, joke, poop joke where they're like alluding to poop. They're just like, here's a poop joke. A poop You're drinking poop. You drink poop. Yeah. Two girls, one cup. Ugh. That was nicely <laughs> done, by the way. Thank you. I hate uh... it, but it was nicely done. So yeah, so then they skip that. We get to the, we get to the, yeah, we get to the point where we come to the drive-through, and and Zim is just so pissed to have to go through this whole process that this this guy, this this taco, you know, a drive-through person is just like, here's your tacos, and he just out of nowhere just goes, shut your noise too, yeah, and then throws a stack <laughs> of bills at him. Throws a stack of bills like he's a stripper. That's probably the most that kid's ever made in a night, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, I want to think he's doing well right now. No, he's dead. So they've got their oh. tacos, their crazy tacos, and they're headed back home by vaulting over the town mall and leaving well, hundreds of cars, cop cars, piled up. What do you got? But the, the main thing to note now is that the only reason that we're heading back home is because Gurr, in his house state, yep. 
cannot actually eat a Doesn't taco. Doesn't he like he throw no longer, a taco at he, the wall he, and wonder why he can't, yeah, he, he can't exactly. eat it with his mouth? So he's, he's hitting tacos against the yeah. wall with his, like, these clamp hands. Um, he's trying desperately to like force it on stuff and nothing's working. And Zim is just like, okay, we need to yeah, fix this. Like, now Let's go home. I'll take you back. You'll be able to fix this. You'll then be able to eat tacos. And Gur's just like, okay. And at, at this point, all of a sudden, it's like one. All of a sudden, it's one of those moments where you see sort of like the jetpacks deploy out the back, like an afterburner. Yeah. And he just like takes Flips off it. over these cops, just like I'm booking it. Like I'm done with this scene. Like got tacos, and even Zim is just feeding it. He's just like, if you don't do this quickly, they're gonna get cold. Yeah. You're like, oh, get us home. Steaks. Finally, some steaks yeah, in this episode. It only took him a year of this sanity. <laughs> So then that's basically it. Like, they, they go home. You don't see anything really happen. Um, like, Z- you don't see Zim actually like, fixing the brain or anything, but the house plants itself back into the ground. Puts, I love this moment because it puts, like, its tubes, its conduits and stuff back through its walls and into the neighbor walls. And you go and you see one neighbor who's, like, nailing, like, fixing the hole in his wall. The conduit shoots through and just grabs him right in the forehead. And then it also shoots right. to the camera. And that's where it blacks out. So like shoots yeah. towards you, the so, viewer. And that's a fun little callback because when okay. the house upended itself, yeah. you, you see that guy in oh, his yeah. living in his room, lazy boy. like on a lazy yeah. boy watching his chair. And all of a sudden, you know, just all of those, those conduits, all those tubes just bust out of the <laughs> yeah. house. And he's like, huh? And so to kind of see them suddenly like burst through again and grab yeah. him, you're just like, okay. So then but they did that in the first Zim episode who's... too. It was the same, same, same guy, same thing in the first nice. episode. Yeah. I feel like he's a fun reoccurring he's a fun character. Guy. He's like real dumb. He's, and so then we, uh, we recap after this blackout with uh, Zim giving sort of this report uh, back, to, back to his HQ. Yeah, pretty back much. Back to these, these, these well. taller invaders, these tall invaders, these, these tall, the strapping, tallest. young, handsome invaders. Tallest. Yeah, and then everything's right. kind of back to normal. About it. Yeah. Uh, back and then... And then you just see you see Gur with a taco with a crazy taco hat in the background, yeah. or it's more normal, Dave. It's it's more even normal. you might say it's even more normal, right? So yeah, so and that's then, the first section. <laughs> well, you're left you're left with this, and and I love this because they did this and they didn't have to, but it was a fun little rule of three. So we get neighbor who conduits are bursting out of his house. Neighbor when the house comes back, bursting back through the wall and attaching the head. And the episode ends with just the neighbor sitting there in his lazy boy with still the conduits attached to his head. Like, oh, it was fun. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, how do you feel about Bad Bad Rubber Piggy? (sighs) This was confusing, but I think it was fun because. It's like, you thought that last episode was nuts. This was just, they had (laughs) one idea and they just kept running. Well, they they set themselves up with a really, really fun game at the beginning and just like a, a really fun pattern of behavior. Where they were just like, we're gonna feed into this, and then they played the game like, what could be worse in every scenario? Let's make it worse, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so then, uh, but then it takes a fun and kind of interesting little turn when suddenly it goes from a what could be worse for uh for Dib to a what could be worse for Zim, and so that's sort of a fun little kind of roller coaster turning point where suddenly this episode is like, oh, this is very interesting. Yeah. So but let's back up. It kind of bit, all. Yeah. But it all starts off, Dave, with kids excited about science. Probing the membrane of science with Professor <laughs> Membrane, I think was his Great. name. Mem- Professor Membrane, oh yeah. So it's kind of like a, 
we had the mid 80s 90s science shows so you either had uh oh my god what was the one like bill nye no, the no, science no, guy that, mr wizard beekman's world mr. Wizard. beekman's yeah, world before that was mr wizard so you had mr wizard <laughs> beekman's world and bill nye the science guy it's kind of in that vein but like this weird kind of satirical edge where the kids are little monsters Professor Membrane is like a mad scientist and they're all kind of like <laughs> in this thing together. It's a really weird kind of setup and it happens so quickly that you can't really get your bearings and it's already moving on to the next thing. So they But but don't you wish that like when you were a kid you could ask sort of a super mad scientist oh, yeah. be like, "What? What what would happen if I did like time travel? Like what I yeah. Because what was the what was the, the question? The like my mom makes like, me yeah, eat, eat brand brand cubes, brand cubes brand and I hate brand cubes. Uh, how do I get rid of brand cubes? And so it's this whole Professor Membrane presents this entire example about why you don't want to do this, you know, because like, you the could. repercussions. He's like, you could go could. back in time. He's like, you could which make a space time object replacement device, which is batshit insane. Because the fun thing about this is that it seems like at no point in time and any part in Invader Zim is somebody like this weird super science that we have that's in here. This Thundar the Barbarian <laughs> super science. Yeah. Like this is off limits. Everything is on the table in this show. Yeah. And so even Professor Membrane just being like, yeah, you could create a, a, a space time object replacement device yeah. and you could do that. But here are also going to be like a weird kind of like one of those like a uh, uh, like true crime like murder things from like the 90s where they do the reenactment yeah, I loved his montage because like, it was like it was so unnecessary but also so much fun because <laughs> he was like here's how this would all work out here's mr brand pants whatever like they go back in time and they're like here's mr brand pants he works at a junkyard and he's like eating bran out of a sack and then crushing cars into cubes and that's where he gets, like you like do like you do and that's where he gets his ideas so he's like so what we could do is create the space-time object replacement device and send a giant squid into the past i got like a weird watchman thing there because that was like the yeah spoiler alert the end plot of the villain in watchman um so they send a squid back and he's like and that takes care of brand blocks but the problem is if we do that then we're gonna have giant squids all over the place and this kid who's eating his cereal just gets his face eaten by a squid that pops out of the cereal bowl and then they have this weird kind of running gag throughout where there's just a giant fish in a bear suit destroying a bear suit <laughs> and they're just like weird stuff could happen so anyone who makes this device would be a complete moron i'm gonna be yeah. honest a kaiju like of that nature in like an adorable onesie yeah. stomping through tokyo i'm kind of on board and i'll be honest when i saw it i was like Pacific Rim 2 is looking real good so yeah, far. I want to buy that, that bear onesie that goes over the kaiju yeah, right. to keep it warm. <laughs> oh, I want a comfy kaiju. A comfy kaiju. But I love the end of this where nice. the professor walks him through all the stuff, tells him how it could be done, like it's like a real thing, but then says... Like it's a matter of right. fact. But then at the end, he's like, but anybody who does this and makes this device is a complete moron. Enter. <laughs> Zim. Zim. That's what leads us into the rest of this episode. So what is his deal in and this it's episode? actually... Well, I think that it's a fun segue yeah. because Zim has the the Professor Membrane's show on his television. Right. And so he's there, like, kind of clunking around through a bunch of tools when he says, anybody who does this would be an idiot. Yeah. And it sort of pans away to kind of reveal Zim being like, oh, like, you know, he's like, I've created my, my space-time uh, object replacement device. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yeah, of course. Like, we, everybody saw this coming a mile of course, away. It's still funny, but of course. 
So right. what's his deal? Like, and why so is they, he making this though? He doesn't obviously want to like prevent brand blocks from ever being made. Uh, he wants to prevent Dib from uh, from kind of investigating and thwarting his plans for invasion no, I, because he feels that he feels that he's a credible threat, yeah, which he is because from the very first episode, Dib is the only one in this town of like sleepy children of the corn that can actually like see through his disguise and knows that he's an alien. He's kind of I think right. he's actually the isn't he the son of Professor Membrane? He yes. is, yes. So he's, and we'll get into that in a second because of some of the game that kind of comes, or the pattern that kind of comes into play definitely. here. And so, uh, in order to do this, uh, Zim is like, I'm going to send a hunter-destroyer robot yeah. uh, into the past to eliminate, to basically kill yeah. Dib. He's, he's doing the Terminator. And get rid of him. Yeah. Right. Sending a Terminator so, robot fun, into the past to kill his rival. Fun little Terminator yep. thing. To which, uh, lo and behold, um, it's actually it's not compatible nope. with the space-time object replacement device. It sure is. And I love I mean, that while would, they're trying to would, figure this you would out think. And, and explain you, it, you, too. I love that as Zim is explaining it to Gurr, Gurr is like, but if you send it back and you kill him, then he won't be your enemy. But then if he's not your enemy, you'll never send this thing back to kill him, which means that he's your enemy. And then his head literally explodes. It explodes. It <laughs> Because he keeps going into this loop and his head just explodes. But then 10 seconds later, he's fine. So I just like that little yeah. aside. Okay, so the Hunter Destroyer now, robot is not compatible with the portal. So what's he going to do? Uh, sort of in, a, I don't know, in a little bit of frustration yeah. and, and sort of some, some little goofs and some antics between Zim and Gurr. Uh, one of these like little toy piggies that Gurr has gets launched into the actual uh the space-time object replacement device this is a long thing to continue to say, say so i'm just gonna portal. say replacement just device say portal. portal portal, portal. and um, the portal so voice this... is just like object accepted <laughs> yeah, and so then we have this fun thing where we see dib who is on a tricycle we sort of it's see a, it's a flashback again, to the past yeah through like a black yeah. and white camera kind of thing and like the fact that like in this instance, where like Zim is just able to target and watch the past yeah. and sort of see how all like none of it's ever explained. Nah. You just take it for granted. You're just like we're just rolling with it. Cool. Um, so he's riding a tricycle as a bunch of like kids are punching like one of those uh Inflatable. like pun- those like inflatable punching bags that like just kind of like wobbles up yeah. and down. You hit it and it comes back up. Uh, but it's like an alien, and so uh, Dib is rushing towards us on a tricycle. Uh, to to prevent them from the the alien invasion, right. and in this instance, this piggy going through the portal replaces that tricycle, and he just smashes into a tree at high velocity. And you're like, oh no, did they kill him? It's like, well, that was pretty that? quick. Killed that child real fast. Yeah, but geez. then they do this fun gimmick where they look back and you revisit Dib, who you've gotten to know for like seven episodes now. So you revisit right. Dib in the current time, and all of a sudden he's missing a tooth. He's covered in like purple pox and he even stops and asks for, and he's got a claw for a hand. Yeah. <laughs> and he even asks his sister, he's like, have I always been like this? She's like, uh, yeah. Since that tricycle accident when you were three years old. Right. So it's like th- they play with the time where it's like, he feels something off, but everybody else around him is like, nah, you've always been this weird. Yeah. Right. And, and Zim knows that these things have happened too. So, he's continually feeding into this idea. So he's looking for these moments in Dib's life where he's just like, oh, I could possibly cause him some harm. So the next one is he's trying his dad's hover helmet. And so he's, this he's is, hovering in the Dib, backyard. He's trying his, his dad's uh, hover helmet device. Yeah. Right. And so they, they throw a piggy 
in and it instead of the, like he gets pretty high up like over a rooftop yeah. of a house and the portal helmet gets replaced with this piggy he falls <laughs> he falls maybe it looks like 20 30 yeah. feet uh, down into yeah like down into some like shrubs like he hits pretty hard and so then they 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 cue back That's to so this wrong. this room where they have dib and he's just like have i have i always had have i always had these like tubes on my neck he's got a he's... ventilator strapped to his back yeah. like a giant vacuum canister <laughs> that's essentially breathing for him he's slowly becoming darth vader he's just got like an eye he's got a portable iron it's lung so disturbing. <laughs> and the, the thing that was probably most disturbing is this was like a trigger for dib because we get the sense that like these piggies kept influencing his life and kept screwing it up so there's this crazy bizarre pizza commercial for bloaty pizza hog is that what it was this was so weird i saw bloaty pizza hog um, it was just like this yeah bloaty pizza hog and it, it just yeah like if you were to think like a like Chuck E. cheese like if he had just like if he let himself yeah. go and was just like a gross like an like what you would expect like an actual rat like a pizza yeah. rat you if know to be and he's selling and, pizzas to kids on tv and the and the phrase that it has that bloaty pizza hog goes, he goes, you eat the pizza. Really disturbing. And you're like, what the fuck so is Dib, this? So Dib, like that thing haunts Dib. And it's honestly enough to haunt me, even without my life being affected by little rubber pig dolls. I don't yeah. blame him. That thing was terrifying. So obviously over time, Zim keeps sending more and more piggies through the portal, which Gur is not super happy about because he kind of likes these little things and he likes playing with them. Yeah, they're like his super play toy. They like, are. he really wants to keep and these things. And he just makes them out of nowhere, apparently. He just sprouts yeah, thousands of them at one point, just wants to roll around out of, his head. out of his head. Uh, so Zim keeps sending him through, and he's like, all right, we send one more. It's going to push him over the edge. It's finally going to kill him. Send one more. Uh, there's also a scene where Dib is chasing what appears to be a Jamaican Bigfoot baby for some reason. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't understand yeah. that one. But the, the kid has, like, climbed up, again, like a kind of a tall yeah, structure. A monkey, like though. a uh, jungle. Right. And so uh, Dib is trying to videotape him, and so they throw one pig back. It replaces the video camera. Dib falls down this very high jungle gym, smack onto the ground. All right, so suddenly they, they cut back to this point in time where they're doing like an emergency resuscitation, well, even, even like there's that, EMS. Quick, I just want to point out that uh, this does, to your point, does tie back to things they mentioned earlier. So like there's mythology that Dib has seen Bigfoot in the past. He was using the belt sander in the garage at one point. So the fact okay. that he like chasing a baby Bigfoot who then says, no, I just, I think he just says like, no, I just like to eat grub. He's like, I'm a kid like you. Yeah. I just like to eat grub, but he's covered in hair. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So it, what? Yeah. What kid doesn't love, love grubs? grubs. Love They're grubs. slimy yet satisfying. Hakuna Matata. So then we, Thank we you. progress yeah, to this point where Dib is like laid out on the ground and he's got a paramedic hovering over him with a defibrillator. So right. And so they're, they're, placing, they're placing the paddles down on his yeah. chest to resuscitate he's, him. And they throw another pig and the pigs, the paddles get replaced by the, the pig pigs paddles. to which... The, <laughs> These EMS people just punch his yeah. chest with these pigs, presumably killing him. Oh, they 100%. Well, they should have killed him because they should have what killed Professor him. Membrane says later. Right, because this is the yep. point where suddenly it's gotten terrible for yep. Dib, and now it's going to get terrible for That's Zim. Right. And so this is sort of the, the karma 
uh, aspect of it, I guess, that I saw for like the whole time yeah, travel. Yeah, this is like the, the kind of switching point where Zim thought he was getting to the point where he was going to achieve his goal, but it actually turned on him, I don't know, 10,000 fold. Uh, right, because in Professor's Membrane's grief, he creates, was it Mega Boy 1000? And the reason 3, that he created this was because he said, well, due to a paramedic accidentally crushing the skeleton of my son, I've created Mega Boy 3000, now with the strength of 10,000 little boys. So it's like <laughs> this crazy exoskeleton Jesus. robot thing with this, this crumpled, crippled up little, strike that and reverse it, crippled, crumpled up little <laughs> div in there. <laughs> crumple cripples. Crumple cripples. Crumple. He's a crumple. Couple, couple crumple cripples. Crumple. So he's piloting this thing, and now he's coming after Zim. Because no matter what he's done, he's like, look, I know you're behind it. I know you're responsible for basically ruining my life and turning me into this monster. Now I'm going to smash you. And that's what he does. He comes after the house, and he starts smashing his way through the yeah. house. Yeah. Do you blame him? We get a fun little thing. No, no, absolutely not. We get a very fun little thing where we get Gurr just, like, as he's banging down the house, he just goes, yay, we're doomed! I down! love that so much. Yay, we're doomed! <laughs> Um, you know, just very optimistic in yeah, the uh, in the face of uh, of tragedy. So, him. so what's what's Kinda Zim gonna do at I... this point? He can't really send. He's out of piggies. I think he's down to one right. piggy. <clears throat> one piggy yep. left. Writes a message oh, on it. Smart. He determines that he needs to. What he needs to do is he needs to go back to the moment before he started this uh, whole yeah. fiasco and fix it that, that way. Sense. And it all worked out so, well. Right? The end. It does because he throws that final th- he throws that final thing in. And then suddenly, Dib is outside of the house, and he's back yeah, to normal, totally like nothing's ever happened. And in fact, the garden gnomes turn around, and they, they grab him, and they escort him out. And Dib's like, why am I, I've been here the whole time. Why, why am I doing here? What's going on? Yeah. I don't get this. So they, uh, they drag him yeah. away, and uh, it just sort of is this like pan and reveal of, of sort of Zim and the message that he's, he's written to himself. And you kind of find out that the object that he's replaced to give him this knowledge is inside his, is, is, is in the palm of his hand. No, that, which, no, that wasn't what it was at all. What? No, they, they cut back to him and he's like this slobbering bug eyed mess. And you're just like, right. What is going on? He's just like, and Gur is like talking to him. And then it cuts back and shows that when he sent the pig back, it replaced his brain. Brain. So he now has this pig with a message on it for his brain. So you see, the x-ray through his skull of like the writing on the pig, but it replaced his brain. So now he's just like, and that's where the episode ends. It just cuts out right there with him being essentially like brainless zombie at that point. So I'm assuming for the next episode, they'll just reset it and uh, go with more shenanigans. Because why would you not? That was fun. That was a fun little way to end it. It was nonsensical. It was non sequitur. And uh, it was was fun. I enjoyed it. But before we get to our recommendations, do you have anything, let's get you have into, anything left from this episode no. you want to talk about? No, no. Let's get into, let's get into a little love it love or hate, it, or hate it. it. These are, of course, IMDb reviews from folks who either loved or hated Invader Zim. There were 155 user reviews to choose from, and I think we've got the cream of the crop from both sides here. <laughs> you know, do you want to you lead with the loved it? Uh, yes, absolutely. So this is, uh, this is from uh, November of 2012. This is uh, Max... Kay Hansen from the United States. He says, we require more, but more spelled like M-0-A-R. We require more Zim and Gur. Let us not forget the Gur. Should be all uppercase, 
but it won't let me. Also, this site is very PC, obviously, and it's kind of annoying. This is a parenthetical statement to the mods at IMDb, I guess. I love it. Uh, apparently, I am shouting in my review, so I'll write more. This show is great. It, if funny, as all hell. I personally love it. Makes fun of many things, including the rising obesity epidemic, which is somewhat close to me. I love that. He, I love that he said it like it was like a flood, like, like a weather system, like an obesity <laughs> epidemic sweeping the nation, and it's getting close. Oh God! Uh, not only that, uh, but it has a much darker humor than many quote-unquote kids shows, and I love that randomness. Plus, all the characters seem to be pretty well developed. But I may be talking out of my butt. Can I swear on this site? Question mark. Seems to be very PC oriented. Anywho, good show, funny, and all that stuff. There. Is that long enough for you? <laughs> is it enough for you snobs to realize that Gur is all powerful and the mighty Zim is the greatest and should be reared? This guy's taking uh, IMDb to task as if they are in control of shows that do or do not come back on the air. Really, really, uh, really exposing the seedy underbelly of IMDb.com's message Good boards journalism. here. Done. Well done, Max. Well, to his uh, Woodward, we got our Bernstein over here on the hated column. Let's get this. <laughs> this is a good one. This comes from The Shapeshifter, 2005. <laughs> a pointless mound of toxic waste. Here we go. I edited this one heavily, too. Pretty long. I really don't see why people like this program if it makes absolutely no sense and absolutely everything about it is dark and foreboding. The show is humorous only to those who enjoy the dark comedies and evil feelings that Zim projects. Absolutely nothing about this is interesting to those with more dot 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 refined taste. Simply put, this show is a waste because apart from there being no good within any of the characters in the show, it seems to bring absolutely nothing to the table. It seems that this show consists of an alien from the quote-unquote Urken race of aliens sent out to conquer a planet and make the inhabitants of said planet slaves to the Urken race. Zim only got where he is in the storylines because he was a pest to the race's leaders. That's fair. I'll give him that point. This show has no appeal to those of us with a refined sense of humor, and I thus spit on it and all who enjoy it for the simple reason that it only conveys dark humor and insanity of the most vulgar variety. My personal critique? Invader Zim is the show which the forsaken, dark-humored fellows have eked out. One out of ten stars. Oh my god. Shapeshifter. Shapeshifter bro, gotta calm down. Just oh, gotta dude. take it easy. We get one person who's trying to take mods to task, and another person who's just like, spitting. I don't agree with, find a person I don't agree with the, 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 the dark humor because my, my impeccable palate can only can only uh, recognize cartoons of a higher caliber. Like, uh, Ugh, we're like a sommelier for cartoons. I would watch a French version of Bots Bot Masters was over French. the American. It was like American. a French co-production. That was the problem. I know. One of many problems with Bots <sighs> One of many problems. Hey, All right, buddy. So uh, which side are you going to take here? Do you recommend the show? And if not, let's get the dip. I'm going to go with a recommendation, oh. guys. That's it? Yeah, okay, I mean, cool. I, I enjoyed I like this. I, I... <laughs> Dave, what I'm, did you I'm think? I'm going to recommend it, too. I would say, look, 
this is not one that I'll probably go back to and watch a lot because this wasn't quite my sense of my, my type of humor. It was a little too manic, uh, a little kind of frenetic for me. It was it. Things that came after that started to follow that kind of pattern, and it just wasn't really my thing. <clears throat> I think maybe that's why I've avoided a lot of shows that are kind of like this. So it's okay. I'd say go and check it out, and if you like this kind of humor, then definitely watch more of it. And if not, then not a big deal, but it's not anywhere near bad enough to get tipped. Yeah. Right. So without further ado, that's going to wrap it up for New Year's Nicktoons. That's it. We did it's, it. We did it. Guys, it was a journey. It was a journey. Thank you. Applause out there in the audience. Thank you so much. First ever live show. Uh, yeah, uh. it was It was good. We're getting to the point now where I think the both of us are going into some weird territory, right? Future Nicktoons. Right. We'll find out in less than a year's time. I'm I'm nervous because I feel like we're gonna hit into that danger zone of like uh, all grown up with like adult rugrats yeah. or like middle school high school rugrats and I'm 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 scared. It's not a good place to be, <sighs> guys. We, we say this because this is our last New Year's. Day. <laughs> we're never doing this again. No, we're gonna do it until <laughs> we run out of Nicktoons. I don't even know what's next, but I do know what's next in February. We're gonna tease you guys a little bit because we are we are getting back to the bonkers, insane shows. That you know and love and we're going to tease them out in a little bit but first john my friend what do you have coming up out there in the next couple of weeks uh guys uh as always i perform improv comedy in the dc area uh you can come and check out i perform with a group called Knox, and you can find tickets witdc.org also if you happen to be in february out in the wonderful area of san diego uh you can come and check and see i'll be performing friday night uh, the 17th uh, with the San Diego Improv Festival. So very excited to get back out there. Very cool. Where can the folks find you on social media? As always, I'm on the grams and the Twitters at Sean Paul Ellis. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. Uh, you can also find me over at Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveFrombor.com. If you want to find out more about Saturday morning cartoons, the first place to go is our Patreon site, patreon.com backslash Saturday morning cartoons. Remember, Morning with you. Morning with yeah. you. You can also find us on our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Our Twitter account, at MorningTunes. Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. And you can download our podcast for free each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, if you have a suggestion or want to reach out to us, send us an email at SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Now, February coming up is Listener Appreciation Month. And the reason that we do this is because we've gotten some fantastic suggestions from listeners over the months and years. And we are going to dig into some of these. They're going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks. But we're not going to tell you what those titles are just yet. Now, why? Why do I tease you so? Why am I so cruel and I'm not letting you know what we're covering in the next couple of weeks? Well, you're a jerk. I'm a real jerk is the answer to that question. No, because this is part of our Patreon rewards that we, uh, we like to send out a newsletter once a month. We like to let people know what shows we're coming up so they can kind of plan. They can send us suggestions for episodes. And also it'll be a nice surprise for the folks that suggested these upcoming series. So if you'd like to find out what we're going to be covering in February, you can either tune in next week and find out, or you can head over to Patreon, subscribe, and we will let you know in our newsletter. Anything else there, Sean, buddy, before we close out January with a bang? I think we're, I think we're good, man. Let's, let's, uh, let's put this book back up on the shelf for another yeah, year. Nick book. Uh. <laughs> we had a good time with it. We had a good time with it. I love New Year's. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But we're going to get back into the zany, crazy, bonker stuff next, next week and next month. So 
I'm looking forward yeah. to this. We thank you guys for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>